record and hijack on Skype, so that's good. Yay. <laughs> At least if we lose this one, it's short. That's true. Yeah, I read them really fast. Yeah, I did too. Wait, there was more than one? Yeah, there's two. Damn it! <laughs> did you, which one did you read? The Hufflepuff one or the staff meeting one? Yeah, the Hufflepuff one. Hold on a minute. I don't know. Scott's not showing up anywhere for me. So are you Are you a Disney fan? Yeah. All right. So I had this grand idea while I was at Disneyland to do a, a Disneyland <laughs> Dungeons & Dragons game, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. posted my idea in a Dungeons & Dragons group and said, what do you guys think? Do you think it would be a good idea? And this gal yeah. said... Hey, have you ever read these books? It's all about these kids that encounter all of these evil villains at Disneyland. <laughs> They're really good. <laughs> so I just started it. Yay. Uh, I think it's going to. And there's a whole series. I love series. They just keep me going. Yeah. They cost me money, but they keep me going. No sign of Scott. We'll give him a few more minutes and then we'll just go without him since they're both short. Oh my god, it was so warm what we did an Easter thing mm-hmm. and I was in a dress and everybody was in shorts and a t-shirt and it's so nice except that I come home and my room's colder inside than it is outside. So I've been trying to keep the windows open because <laughs> it's annoying. Oh, so we had a quote-unquote Easter thing because half the people there are Jewish or like me, not religious. So mm-hmm. we couldn't exactly get an Easter thing. But oh, I had matzo ball soup for the first time. It was really good. Oh, that sounds um, good. <clears throat> it was. It had uh, parsnips in it, which kind of threw me a little bit. But things like that. And it was so freaking windy. We spent half the picnic like running around picking up paper plates that had flown off, <laughs> and like you know, the, somebody's you know, a couple of people like lost their pieces of cake because the plates were too you know light, and the cake just flipped over. We, we had quite a mess. So we had a very big mess, and I feel really Sounds bad. Like- it was, you know, most of it's biodegradable. We got the stuff that wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. we picked it up and cleaned it ourselves. And the squirrels are going to be on a sugar rush. And I don't know what squirrels on a sugar rush look like, but it's going to be intense. Yeah, we had to, yeah, literally run around catching plates and cups and forks. And <laughs> 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 so, one t- so one of the plates that flew, the woman who got the party going was standing there and the cake caught her in the face and it was so funny and i feel really bad but she's just she's standing in the wrong spot it just flew like smacked her in the face <laughs> oops it was it was too bad nobody had any pictures but it, it was fantastic entertainment but yeah and then I, so i came home with half a plate no half a pan of brownies most of a pizza a huge bottle of coke and mashed potatoes. That's cool. Well, I got you sort of. Well, hold on. I got you. Now I need to put it, make sure my headphones work. Give me a second. Oh, one thing at a time. That's fine. I'm <clears throat> conversing with Patrick Stewart's wife. What? Well, I'm sending her messages on Facebook because she was talking to me. She was doing a. <laughs> she was talking about eating stinging nettles. They made um, 
nettle, uh, Blanche nettle swirled into good, well-seasoned ricotta. It was fun to forage, fun to prep, fun to eat. The thing about picking nettles for consumption is you really want to harvest them before they flower, and ideally as soon as spring starts. That's when they're their most tender and most nutritious and most delicious. And holy shit, the nutrition! <laughs> they're an astonishingly good source of fatty acids, calcium, potassium, iron, vitamins, A, D, and K. Basically, they're food as medicine powerhouse. Ooh, hey, Scott's okay. home, so... Maybe he'll be joining oh, us in a minute. <laughs> you know, you only know actors by what they do and stuff like that. And, and yeah. Captain Picard, you know, he never said those naughty words. And she's got the S-bomb in here. She's got an F-bomb in here. <laughs> <laughs> I went out oh, into the really? sheep fields today behind our house and went to town. I wore my favorite dish gloves, wellies, as you do, and a barber mm-hmm. coat coat every pocket provisioned with a partially used Kleenex of indeterminate age I had a big marks and sparks bag that I pretty much filled to brimming you pick the top four leaves of each plant as that's generally the new growth I found some aphids and sunny patches so I stuck to the shady ones but let's be honest if you're down to eating stinging weeds possibly shat upon by livestock you're probably not fretting too much about the effing aphids <laughs> that I blanched a lot <laughs> squoze a new word mine quote me out the excess water and wrapped up individual wads for the freezer to be used at will like frozen spinach nutrition intact for the record and she made nettle and Artichoke dip for all. Oh my goodness! Two more weeks of school. What a terrifying thought. Mm-hmm. Scott. Well, I don't know if Scott's going to join us or not. So. Did he, did he say he would? He said, "I'm sorry, I didn't realize there was one tonight." And then I typed back, and he hasn't answered or seen what I typed. So. Oh. Okay. Find the fic. We're going to do the airs of Hufflepuff first. How was your week? I haven't talked to you. How was my week? Well, it's been a good week. Saturday was gorgeous. I spent the day in the garden pulling weeds. Um, we had a f- Easter dinner yesterday just because we enjoyed inviting the boys over. I yeah. stepped in a kitty dish and jacked my hip and knee. Okay. So... Sitting's not so bad like this, but getting up, yeah. I'm in, I've been in some crazy pain today and yesterday. Aww. You know, there's nothing really I can do for yeah, it. Yeah, I wore my stiletto boots and apparently like misaligned Why? my hips or something. <laughs> and so I felt off kilter for a good 24 hours. I'm like, I have no idea what I did to myself. <laughs> yeah. I have this huge bruise right above my knee. I have no idea. And one on the back of my hand. I have no idea where they came from, but I recreated the butterbeer uh, potted cream that. Oh yeah, that's right. We got at uh, the trip, and it turned out it's not quite the same as what we got at Universal, but it's uh-huh. really good. Nice. So, and I I actually took some to work, and everybody at work got one spoonful today. <laughs> Too bad you can't sell that. Yeah. Well, it, you know, it's a really easy recipe, 
But it said it would only take 40 minutes to cook, and it took like an hour and a half. So. Well, yeah, typical, typical, typical. Yeah, it's always typical that way. But other than that, things are good. It wasn't, uh, it was a good day at school, and. Yeah. I slept with the door open last night because little Jack wouldn't go in the house, so I figured he'd at least come in here if he was stuck and. Mom got him in. She yeah. opened the door to yell, to call for him, and he was sitting at the door going, let me in! So, <laughs> well, let's go ahead and start. That way, if, okay. we, if we drop, maybe we'll be mostly done and it won't be so bad. Yeah. There's something weird going on. Oh, my. We need search and rescue for Skype. Well, I mean, come on. We've got two Hufflepuffs here. You could just go find them. Okay. <laughs> You've got three now. <laughs> What have you done, Alex? You're calling people. Don't call strangers. <laughs> oh, dear. Wow. I... You almost have ruined Charlie to tell for me there. <laughs> oh. And I told Alex, you are not welcome in my bed with squirrel breath. Who dares enter my chamber? <laughs> Oh, that's into my chambers. <laughs> Save yeah. that for something. It totally needs to be cute. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I think she just replaced Scott. <laughs> Sex and snork eggs. Awkward. Yeah, Google I have food Google is always food. useful. Okay, Google food. I, have, came I was having with us. fun. Well, that's oh. always good, too. We're not fun anymore. You're a different kind of fun. You don't want it to be the same kind of fun. I trust was going to say, I don't want to know what kind of fun <laughs> you were having. And that's all we're going to say about that because... Because <laughs> we don't want to know what you were doing. Thanks. Now you're just making it seem even worse. <laughs> you are evil. She's just trying to separate church and state, it's all. Doing the Ryan thing. Oh, Want to hear my stupid story? Yes. <laughs> I know you did something because you sent me a message and was like, do I have a story for you? And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just broke a lot of memories and I'm thinking, oh, shit. Me and my oversharing. <laughs> you do like to do that. She flews the headmaster's office, and Albus says, Good evening, Minerva. Is there a problem? Albus, I have an unconscious Death Eater tied up in my office. Now, Minerva, I'm sure Severus was just... (laughs) (laughs) Because we were slightly off topic. Topic? Us? Never. Never. No, not at all. How dare you, Sue? How dare you? I know. We're in depth when we're not off topic. Lockhart leaves before Harry and Ron can come out of the closet. Gave me some big brassy balls. Well, you know, <laughs> we have to have balls. That's what we do. I, go, I need to learn how to have a filter on my mouth. Bloody buggering hell. <laughs> oh, shit. Bloody Merlin's galloping gargoyles. <laughs> okay. I hate being responsible. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, the flagship of the podcast family of Potterfic Weekly. I don't have any idea what I'm talking about here, but anyhow, we're Puffwa. If you're listening to us, I'm imagining that you know that. 
I'm Sue. And I'm Mooney. And Trisha is at lacrosse tonight, and Scott didn't realize we were doing it tonight, so he may be joining us in a minute after he grabs a bite to eat. I don't know. And if not, it's just two short one-shots we're doing. And so we're going back to our peon cast days again, like we did last week, and just doing a couple of one-shots. This uh, first story that we're doing is called The Heirs of Hufflepuff by Morgan. And it was published okay. in 2003. Mooney, I can't hear you. I'm thinking we're going to have to do this next week. Oops. I wasn't sure which one we were doing, so that answered my question. Oh, crap. All right. <laughs> I can hear you. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> so, this was published in 2003. Uh, so, a very, very long time ago. I feel very old now. Oh, here, here's an old story. One of my kids came to me today with this little plastic animal figurine, and he said, what is yeah. this? And I said, I think it's a musk ox. Let's go. Well, let's go look on the computer. So, we got on the computer, and I Googled musk ox, and I was right. And he was like, oh, yeah. oh, look at them. And I said, look, there's a baby. And he's like, yeah, there's not much hair. And then he said, well, what about this? And he brings me another one. And I said, that's an antelope. So we looked up antelope. And that, that was an antelope. And then he brought me another one. And I was like, I don't know what that is. We're going to go with black goat. So then we looked up black goats. And then I said, here, how about horses? Because he loves horses. He's obsessed with yeah. horses. So we yeah. looked at the horses. He's like, that's the black. That's the black. That's so cool. And then another girl came over and said, is that Flicka? And so we looked up Flicka. And they're like, oh, look, this is Flicka. And I said, this is the Flicka of your generation. In my generation, we watched my friend Flicka. So I looked that one up. And it was made in in, uh, 43 and I told him, I said, this is older than me. It's changed? Yeah, because when I was a kid, it was my friend Flicka, but they've done a new one in the last couple of years. And and instead, in the old one, it was a boy, and in the new one, it's a girl. Oh. So I said, I said, go oh. ask Grandma Paula what year she was born. So he went over and he, and he said, when were you born? And she said, you know, December or whatever. And I said, no, what year? And she said, 43. I said... That movie's as old as Grandma Paula. And they just looked at me with his big old eyes. It was really cute. Yeah. There you go. You can't feel too old for 2006 when my friend Flicka oh. was made in in uh, 43. Speaking of animals, so the other, the well, the small college in town has a new mascot. I forget what it was before, but it was something controversial. And now the mascot is, I believe, a mammoth or a mastodon, one of the two. I think it's mammoth. Oh, well, I guess nobody's going to complain about that, right? Since I they're don't extinct. think so. <laughs> We're the mammoths. We're the mastodons. I like that one better. We're the mastodons. Rawr. Yeah, that works. <laughs> I mean, I wish my alma mater would go back to being the unicorn. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got the cutest book the other day. We're not going to do fix it oh, all. Yeah? I got the cutest book the other day. It's called Uni the Unicorn. <laughs> and Uni the Unicorn is just like all the other unicorns. She likes to run and play and eat grass. And she's got a silver horn. 
But Uni the Unicorn believes in little girls. And all of her friends tease her and tell her that they're not real. Little girls are not real. But Uni believes, and Uni knows that someday she's going to find a little girl to go on adventures with and to ride her and to just do all of these fun things. And she believes. And what Uni doesn't know is that there's a little girl that believes in unicorns. And her friends make fun of her. But she knows that someday there's going to be a unicorn for her to have adventures with. Oh, the kids just loved it. (laughs) It was fun. Oh, I should get that out for tomorrow. I'm doing stories tomorrow for our open house. That's why I'm not, we're not podcasting tomorrow. Man, these yawns are just coming out of nowhere. It's what happens when you sleep with the door open and you worry about the cat all night long. (laughs) So anyhow, back to the story. We're way off course. We're doing the heirs of Hufflepuff. And this one, the, it says the, the author is Honesty, which I believe is what she published under before. She changed to yeah. the other name. And this is a letter to Helga from Ravenclaw. And this was back long enough ago that we didn't know it was Rowena. Oh, no, we didn't know Rowena. This is the... Did I actually join the call or is it being weird? It's Hi, Scott. Hi, Scott. Hello. <laughs> it's showing a constant halo around Mooney and no actual sound, so I was confused. It's because Mooney's having a, a rough time and she's got bad feedback in the background. Ah. Uh, so okay. that's why you have a constant halo. Sounding a little <laughs> better. So God sort of mellowed us both out, I think. So if you can Yay. still hear. Yay, Scott! He saved the day. <laughs> He's Who knew? Somebody's typing. Mooney. She can't hear us. Oh, dear. It's been, it's been like this the whole time. We heard you. Maybe this is not a podcast day. I know. That we <clears throat> just said that. Let me see if I remember how to do it this way. <laughs> Behind the scenes with audio difficulty. Oh, the Pupwa story. The Pupwa crash bang crunch. <laughs> We better hurry before we This is the podcast that never ends. (laughs) Well, everything's frozen. So, like, the the menu for Skype is sitting open, and um, I can't actually switch to the um, web browser with the fic in it. So I can only read as much of the fic as was on the page directly behind the Skype browser. Oh, that's ridiculous. (laughs) Oh, dear. <laughs> do we want to try again tomorrow? I don't know. Uh, I can't. I have to work tomorrow. That's why we oh. have to do it today. <laughs> there you go. Okay. This, this anyway. poor podcast. All right. So we're starting with Helga. Mm-hmm. The heirs of Hufflepuff. The heirs of Hufflepuff. Yes. And it starts with my dear Helga. And Helga glances up to see Raphaelia. Ravenclaw? I just called her Alfalfa. Alfalfa Ravenclaw? Okay. Raphaela, uh, maybe? Raphaela. Yeah, I, I thought that earlier when I was looking at it, but it, that's not how it came out when I tried to say it, so I don't know. We find out that Rowena Ravenclaw has died peacefully at Hogwarts, 
and now Helga is the only surviving founder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's reading Rowena's last letter that mm-hmm. has her instructions in it. Yes. I got so confused. I thought it was, a, I, I don't know why, but I thought it was a letter that Rowena had written to herself and couldn't figure out why Helga was reading it. It was very bad. <laughs> no, Rowena has given Helga a letter to read upon her death, but she had to go to Rowena's house not Hogwarts to read it. And Helga's not quite sure why, but she's sure that Rowena had a reason. So, and we'll find Mm -hmm. out the reason here in just a second. And she's trying to delay reading it because she knows it's the last thing she'll have from her friend. So she's, Mm -hmm. she's trying to delay it a bit, but she realizes that won't really change anything. So Mm -hmm. she gets into the letter after all. Uh, Basically, My dear Helga, you know and I know that I'm dying, so I'm not going to waste time on platitudes. And by the time you get this, I'll probably be dead anyhow. Lovely. And you are not a spring chicken, so I'm paraphrasing here. So you're going to be dying very soon, too. Uh, (laughs) And you are the only one of us without an heir. No family, nothing Unless, of course, you've been keeping them under your hat, but I don't suppose you've done that. So, I'm writing to tell you that you need to have an heir, and this is what you need to do. So, I had you go to my house so you can use my scrying bowl, and it's going to give you some ideas. Yeah, because she wants her to have someone to guard the spirit of her house in perpetuity, Mm -hmm. and... She says, yes, I know your students are good children. I personally find them a bit dull, but how do you know for sure that they'll remember your values in hundreds and hundreds of years? You need somebody to make sure this is working. So So that's what she's supposed to use this crying pool for. I don't get it. Okay. So she's picking an air. I got that part. Mm -hmm. But... It's not an immediate, like, it doesn't have to be, like, somebody right now is what I'm, or, like, was it more like a, like a magical thing or what, what? Rowena is assuming it will be somebody right now. The scrying pool is supposed to let Helga, you know, look for somebody whose spirit is in tune with hers, who will keep her ideals going, who she can then pick to be her heir. But mm-hmm. that's not quite what happens because Helga's Helga. Right. Okay, so it's it's more like to make sure that things are going the way they should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that there's uh, always somebody there who makes sure Hufflepuff House is standing for what Hufflepuff House should stand for. Yes. Ah. Okay. So Helga lays down the letter and uh, how did we decide we're saying this? Rafila. I can't do Raphaela? this. Raphaela, there we go, says, you know, shall I take you to the upper floor? Then she is Rowena's heir. Yeah. She's her granddaughter, and she herself is 100 years old at this point, apparently. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. So Rowena must be ancient. Well, I think Helga Mm -hmm. is 100 and... Or I mean Helga. 40... 
I saw this in here. She's 140 something or 160 something. Maybe it's down further. I can't remember yeah. now. It does say at the very beginning that uh, Rafaela is intent on her plans and doesn't look up her hundred year old face smooth and unlined. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so she's a hundred. Oh, magic. And she's Rowena's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And Helga asked for a minute, you know, to kind of compose herself before mm-hmm. she follows She's just the young lady up. kind of thinking about how all the rest of them are so much like themselves that she doesn't really understand why they were all so insistent on this air thing. Mm-hmm. And they've all chosen in such different ways that are so representative of them. Mm-hmm. Rowena chose whichever of her granddaughters had the most intelligence. Mm-hmm. Uh, Salazar just goes for uh, whichever of his blood relatives has partial tongue. And Godric says he's not going to choose between his children and all of his descendants are his heirs, including any illegitimate ones that might happen to crop up. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's going to be complicated. Yeah, we've got lots of heirs of Gryffindor. <laughs> yep. But Rowena meant well, so Helga's going to go up and just take a look and uh, see if this whole trying thing works. See what she sees. And so she says that she's ready and up they go. It's a very ceremonial room. It's got these blue and bronze velvet hangings and the Ravenclaw eagle prominently on them. And the floor has been laid with flagstones, which is weird because it's a second story Mm -hmm. room. But Rowena apparently felt that was the thing to do. Yeah. Magic. You know, you can do these things with magic. Yeah. And all of their crests are there. Yeah, she's thinking about all their old ancestral quests and dignified animals, and she just sort of picked a badger, because why not? (laughs) Badgers are scary. Yeah. She had to invent a crest at short notice and had chosen the most homely, cheerful design imaginable. (laughs) They had begged her to alter it. (laughs) Why not purple instead of yellow? Maybe something a little more heraldic than a badger. Nah. She's good with that. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Besides, the color purple had always put her in mind of indigestion. Yeah. Rowena's told her to crem- command the scrying pool. So she steps to the edge and touches her wand to it and says, All right, then, what have you got for me? <laughs> Which is totally not what Rowena would have done, but it's Helga's yeah. way. And yeah. then faces start appearing, slowly at first. But they're more and more and more, and she knows some of their names. Um, mm-hmm. She recognizes her first four students that she's that she taught, and then some of the second generation. And um, is has, Mr. Wolf Hagrid's mother's name? Um, I'm not sure. It's something similar. I don't know if that's it exactly. Um, yeah, I don't remember. And I'm glad that these people don't have surnames. It makes me happy. (laughs) It's a thousand years ago. They didn't. Well, yeah. But people do like to ingent them. Yes. Well, uh, well, I mean, like like Rowena Ravenclaw and all them people seem to have sort of surnames. I mean, it was probably Rowena or Ravenclaw or something like that. And it just got changed. Yeah, it's true. It was Fridwolfa, apparently. Oh, okay. 
she probably wasn't the one in this case. Oh, that would be scary. Mm-hmm. I don't think Hagrid's mother is a thousand years old. Probably not. And she thinks about how her second generation of students had included both Muggleborn twins and one of the uh, someone from one of the oldest wizarding families in the land. And she, it keeps going through all these years of all the students she ever taught. And she's mm-hmm. thinking, oh, well, you know, these are all my students. They'll carry things on. That'll be great. And then it keeps going. Right. And they're all people that she doesn't recognize anymore. But somehow she knows their names anyway. And it's <laughs> coming through. And she realizes these are all the Hufflepuffs that are ever going to be. And they all are going to carry on the meaning of what her house is and yeah. keep her spirit alive. Well, I think it's very interesting that she has a clot-eyed Lestrange. Oh, yeah. Clotilde. Clotilde. Yeah. Or something like that, yeah. And I mean, not a- all of them had to have been in Slytherin. They just, they couldn't all be. Right. It just, yeah. But it's and there's Uric Bofol or Uric or something like that. Mm. And I think that's supposed to be Uric the Oddball, who oh. there's a statue of. Yes, that could yeah. be. And he, there's Bofol. the name of Uric and his identity as a Hufflepuff belongs to Ariane, somebody, a very, very talented writer. So she took that one from him. That from this writer, she took that name. Christopher Ridge, is that historical? I don't know. Um, I don't think so. <laughs> but the only Rich I can think of at the moment is Richie Rich, and I'm fairly sure that's not him. <laughs> no, <laughs> probably not. <laughs> but it's possible. It might have come from other fix or other things. Yeah. Oh, Christopher Rich is an actor, not what I'm looking for. <laughs> I like that, not. that after all these faces swirl through, finally it, it just ends on a single face of a young girl about 11 years old with untidy blonde hair and a chipped but very white teeth. And so. And it's actually Helga when yep. she was 11. So all of these children are boiled down to. Everything that she is as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and she says, oh. "I know who my heirs will be." She's not asked, but Helga wishes that she'd been asked because. But she has her students, and that's enough. And all the love and care she had, and had given to her students, because she had no family, they were going to be her future, her immortality, and her heirs. Oh. And that's the way she liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought the student that at the end was Hannah. I didn't. It took me a minute to realize it was her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, and she thanks the girl for her excellent hospitality. And the girl says, uh, I'm saying the girl just so I don't have to say Raffaella. Ooh, look, I said it that time. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> You'll have your affairs to set in order, I suppose. And Helga says, oh, it's already done. <laughs> I've got everything ready. And that's it. 
Look at that. It took us more time to deal with getting us on the phone call than it did to actually do the thing. <laughs> to actually go through the story. Well, of course it yeah. does. <laughs> Isn't that true? Most of them? I know. Oh, dear. Sometimes it feels like it anyway. Mm-hmm. This one really was. Well, like, I'm listening to classic Pufua, and three quarters of the time is tangential stop and then ryan's like we have 20 minutes to cover five (laughs) that sounds about right yeah this is interesting i didn't actually realize this until just now going back to the author page but we are covering her first and most recent harry potter picks we are yeah that's true Still, the next one is Staff Meeting, which is the first one she ever published on October 1st of 2000. And this oh, one was published on April 6th of 2003. Yeah. And yeah. at the end of this next one that we're going to do, the Staff Meeting one, it says that this is the first fix she's ever actually finished. She had several more in process and a whole bunch that she dumped in the rubbish bin because they didn't ever get finished. So this is her first one. And it's, again, another real short one. But I think you sent these to me, Scott. Am, am I remembering that correctly? That you read I feel them like first I might have, yeah. And then yeah. sent them on, and I thought, well, we'll just pick a couple of them. I probably found them as somebody else's favorite author or mm-hmm. something like that. <clears throat> clicked through this that way. That's how most of my finding things on fanfiction.net happens. That works. Mm-hmm. So the next one is called Staff Meeting, and it says, Shortly after the end of Philosopher's Stone, Dumbledore calls a staff meeting. Not much happens. (laughs) (laughs) July 1st, 1992, five minutes to 11. And Dumbledore comes into the staff room, and McGonagall's there, and Snape's there, and McGonagall's deep into the latest issue of Transfiguration Today. I love that. And Snape is looking through his teaching notes and scratching out things in red ink. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Frowns at the sheet of parchment and scores a particularly deep line through an unsatisfactory paragraph. <laughs> Sounds like Snape. Yep. He probably plans out all his speeches and then throws the notes away and just mm-hmm. does them. Just says, yeah, his first year speech. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this room is like the most shabby one in the whole castle. It's filled with mismatched chairs and threadbare and burns and rips and oh, all this stuff. What did they do to burn the chairs? Oh, who knows? It's what happens when you're holding a candle and don't realize you're letting it melt down too far. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dumbledore decided that he would redo this room when he became headmaster, and he was. Uh, refused by very indignant teachers they liked it like it was and don't you be messing with it sir so mm-hmm. it's just, well, he's at least got his one leather armchair that he always sits in so mm-hmm. that works yeah and so he always quite likes when things are peaceful in the summer holidays at least for the very beginning and then mm-hmm. he starts getting bored but yeah Right now, it's a relief. <laughs> yeah, I like this one little piece that um, she acknowledges that, you know, the kids are all safely on the train heading back home, except for the 15 or so students that reside in Hogsmeade who've just walked home. 
I've always wondered about that. Yeah. Ah, phone. Go away, phone. So I wonder then, does that mean at the beginning of the year they walk to Hogwarts? Well, there's Probably. the question. Hang on, let's wait till the phone ends and then we'll talk about it. <laughs> now far the phone enough? here is ringing, but it's far enough away. It's probably not being picked up. That's yeah. good. But okay. so I have several doors in between me and it. But. So I think that, you know. I've seen it both ways in yeah. different fics. I've seen people who decide that, you know, even when you live in Hogsmeade, you have to apparate to London and take the train because it's mm-hmm. part of the experience. And they're like, um, um, why can't I just go to school? I was right there. And I've also seen people where, you know, their friends live in Hogsmeade and they get off the train and their friends are just meeting them at the gates and mm-hmm. heading up or whatever. Um, yeah. So it depends on which way you think is most logical or possibly on the family of the character you're working with. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there have to be a, a fair number of them who live there, right? With all the businesses and yada, yada, yada. And... You would expect that there's some. Yeah. They might know. not. It might not be a town that has a lot of, like, you know, young families in it. but That's true. Yeah. There could be some, at least. There's no reason there shouldn't be. So, it's 11 o'clock, and Professor Flitwick bounds in, looking content with the world. And full of the belated joys of spring. Good morning, Headmaster. <laughs> He's so cute. And he whips out his wand and he summons cushions to the chairs and he climbs up and starts to fall. And Dumbledore is contemplating this and realizing that Flitwick's wand is only six inches long. But doggone, he can do a lot with it. Mm-hmm. And he's managed, he makes a stack of five cushions to sit on, so he's mm-hmm. at least somewhat on the same level as everybody else. <laughs> so, according to Joe, the length of one's wand is not based on height, but character, which is why Umbridge's wand is so unusually short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder but. if Flitwick just had his custom made for him so he wouldn't have to have a normal sized wand. Possibly. Probably. Or, you know. Uh, on the meta note, this is written before we knew that, and everybody yeah, assumed no, it was, because no, Hagrid's is quite long. But That's true. <laughs> right. Yeah. I yeah. mean, she I mean, doesn't even be... have their right names in this, because it's so old. Whose? Flitwick's name is wrong, oh. and um, who's the other one? Uh, it must be uh, Hufflepuff's. Mm. He, yeah. She gives it's them different. Madam Hooch, too. Different first names because, yeah. Because we don't know what they are yet. Mm-mm. Interesting. Oh, yes. Uh, Hepzibah Sprout instead of Pomona. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. And, well, we uh, do have a Hepzibah later, so that, that was that was her. That was very good, yeah. She's in the right vein, anyway. Yeah, and it's interesting that she gives first names to Flitwick and Sprout, but doesn't for McGonagall or Snape. Because I don't well, because think we he know. calls him Severus. Maybe, maybe uh, does. Yeah. I don't remember. But anyhow, and McGonagall, he calls the meeting. Oh, yeah, door. he does at one point. Um, yes. And McGonagall is reading this this article or this you know magazine, and she's all up in arms about. You want to try Dr. that name, Christophori? There we go. Who 
is her professional rival, apparently. <laughs> all, all the things that he publishes, she says, are errant nonsense. But he does have some interesting ideas about this thing over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the name Christofori, Christofori's Dream is a very pretty song on the piano. Okay. Hmm. May I have to look that up? Editor, look that up. <laughs> no, nice of you to leave notes for yourself so. uh, isn't it good <laughs> I'm surprised that Dumbledore's calling everybody Professor So-and-so yeah well you know this was this was like I said written a really long time ago and so yeah. people, we weren't as familiar with the characters then and so maybe no. we feel like Dumbledore wouldn't be as familiar either and would be standing on cer- ceremony Speaking of Dumbledore, did you all see that they hired Jude Law for Dumbledore for the next Fantastic Beasts? I did see that. I saw. I wonder if they're going to make him ginger. Yeah, I don't know. That'll be interesting. I heard him discussing the length of his beard. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So that'll be interesting, too. All I can say is, hey, Jude, don't let me down. (laughs) Yeah. He won't. (laughs) Indeed. (laughs) He is very good in everything that I've seen him in, but mm-hmm. we'll have so to see. does that mean that Dumbledore is going to be in France? Possibly. I don't know. Is the second one supposed to be in France? It's gonna supposedly st- in Paris. It's starting there at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be set there for the whole time or if he'll be traveling. Yeah, we don't have any idea. Oh. I, I highly recommend the Speak Beastie podcast if you're interested in following all things Newt. All right. All righty. Add to my giant list of podcasts. Yeah, yeah I right. know. I have this huge list of podcasts, and then I started listening to audiobooks, so then my podcasts yep. back up because I'm listening to audiobooks. It's a very bad, bad combination. Yeah. So. I just added another Dungeons and Dragons one on somebody's recommendation called Plunders and Blunders. Oh. I haven't listened to it, so I don't, I can't recommend one way or the other, but some of the geek and sundry people are involved. So, Oh, well then it'll probably be good. Did you watch get, getting way off topic here? Did you watch last week's critical role? I did. Yes. <laughs> I love Sam <laughs> <laughs> and Grog. <laughs> Yeah, and Pike. <laughs> and Pike. <laughs> they have a lot of fun. Oh, that was hilarious. But. Poor Matt. It's so much fun watching Matt just sit back and letting him go and then just dying with whatever they come up with. Mm-hmm. So, I've done that. And uh, we get Liam's one shot again and get to watch Matt play this week. So that's exciting, mm-hmm. too. That should be fun. All right. But back. Sorry, Mooney. You just need to start watching Dungeons and Dragons. I don't even have time to. <laughs> yeah, and they're all like four hours long. So oh, <laughs> yeah, you'd have trouble with it. Yeah. Anyhow, we're at the staff meeting, mm-hmm. and we're waiting for Professor Sprout. Right. And then they're going to get started. 
And Dumbledore's going to keep this short as they have things to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then... and apparently Sprout has been having trouble with the archaphids in Greenhouse 4 and completely forgot the time. Yes. What's an archaphid? It's something Some made up. Some sort of magical aphid? Yes. Okay. It could but... be archaphids. I'm not sure. They're a pain in the butt. If they're anything like my aphids, they're a pain in the butt. Yeah. Ladybugs. Yes, I know. I have to get them into the greenhouse. I just saw some building out in like New York or something that has really big ladybugs on the side. Mm. Mm. They haven't hatched in my room yet. Usually huh. they hatch in here and then I could collect them and put them out there, but they haven't nice. hatched in here. We have yeah. the other ones. I felt something crawling on me the other night and reached Ooh. on my throat and found a bug. I don't react Ooh. well to those. Ooh. Yeah. I tend to scream and throw things. Usually the bug. <laughs> mm. So I just looked up in the so. light bulb, which is where the ladybugs usually conjugate. Now I can't see my screen. <laughs> oh, dear. Oops. Yeah. Well, Dumbledore's looking at his heads of house who are quite, um, you know, typical of their respective houses. Mm-hmm. Slidwick is very much brilliant and interested in everything, maybe a little over-emotional. McGonagall's forthright and stern and never deterred from doing the right thing. And Snape is ruthless and ambitious and driven, and Sprout lives for her plants and her students. Yes. <laughs> but he knows they're more than just stereotypes of their houses. Mm-hmm. But they have one thing to talk about, which is the business with Professor Quirrell and how that means you know who's trying to come back. Yes. And so they have to work on the school's defenses. My defenses are down. (laughs) Yes. And we might not even have known what was going on if it hadn't been for young Potter and Snape winces. And McGonagall's like, oh, for heaven's sakes, grow up, Severus. <laughs> I yeah. love her. What so he's going to say. No, go ahead. When it's like Dumbledore affected not to notice, is that like a non-Americanism? He's just yes, pretending he's not just to know. Pretending not to notice. Affecting well, I mean, I- something is, you know. Yes, because this author is from the UK. I did look that okay. up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you affect an emotion, it means you are portraying that emotion. Or in this case, affecting indifference means, oh, no, I don't care about what's happening over there. Or, I'm going to you know, pretend like, like I don't see them. Yeah. That is a, a normal expression. So he and, wants uh, Frederick Flitwick to... Yeah. <laughs> so we got the alliteration, at least. Yeah. It's, it's very cute. To go over the the spells and things that are protecting the castle and to see if there's any weaknesses. And Flitwick says that he hasn't found very many. Most of the charms are effective. Um, Some of the misdirection charms are inclined to be unreliable. And we can work on one that'll send them to uh, the Forbidden Forest when it's, you know, raining and storming and... (laughs) McGonagall's like, the Forbidden Forest and the Thunderstorm? That would be murder! Um, may I point out that Dumbledore sent the kids there? Yeah, well, they had It was Hagrid. at least a clear night, and yeah, Hagrid. But yes, not always the most logical. No. Mm-hmm. 
So and he's thinking, well, maybe we'll leave those as they are, even if they are a little bit shoddy and thunderstorms. But is there anything you can add? And Cedric says, oh yes, there are hundreds. What are you looking for? <laughs> <laughs> Hmm, how about ones that'll detect dark wizards as they enter the grounds, disarm him, and deliver him gift wrap to the Department of Magical Law Enforcement? Well, bloody lot of good that ever did. And Flitwick goes, hmm, that might take work. What design would you like on the wrapping paper? <laughs> yes. Oh, kettles and teacups on a purple and orange background. But uh, Minerva doesn't think that's practical, so maybe we should go with something simpler. <laughs> a pleasure, so He asks master. him to put together a defense plan mm-hmm. and we'll go over it once he comes back from vacation. No hexes though. Yeah, Snape said but, I think it's Snape. There are there are some innocuous hexes, like you know, um No Snape. We are not doing those. We're not speaking down to Voldemort's level. Somebody's got to <laughs> not yet. And he asks Snape if there's any other weaknesses that he can think of. And Snape's like, yes, I do believe we're vulnerable from air. Since uh, the Weasley's friends came in to get the illegal uh, dragon dragon out. So Flixfix says he's going to fix that. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he does have a port key to catch in an hour. Yes, Mm -hmm. he's going on vacation. And McGonagall suggests a scry scope, which are more thorough than faux glasses, and mm-hmm. Dumbledore's already ordered one. Of course. Just one. It'll be in his office. Professor, they ask Professor Sprout what, he's, what she thinks, and she says, oh, an infusion of tea leaves and dilute cauldron cleaner should do it, as long as I can keep it off the shrivel vig. <laughs> oh, you weren't talking about the aphids, were you? No. <laughs> Apparently not. I'm sorry I was miles away. Quite. Yeah. And he asks Severus to stay behind and then wants to know why didn't he share his suspicions about Quirrell and they could have dealt with him sooner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He says, under most circumstances, I don't mind if you sulk for seven years. Headmaster, I'm not in the habit of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> yes, you are. <laughs> but yeah. we need to work together. Whatever your personal feelings towards Potter's father, Potter is our greatest chance of destroying Voldemort, even though he doesn't know it yet. Mm-hmm. And won't know it for a long time because you're an idiot. Don't tell him. <laughs> and Snape promises to keep him fully informed in the future. Yes. And Dumbledore says, I suppose there's no point in asking you to forget your old grievance. And he gets no answer whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tis a pity. All right. Oh, well, you'd best be going. Enjoy your holiday. Mm-hmm. And they leave. And then we have the author's note that says, this is special to me because it's the first I've ever finished. Yay. And she's assuming that Flitwick is head of Ravenclaw, which he mm-hmm. is. Yay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And but she doesn't know what somebody, their first names uh, are. Someone else in fan fiction had said his first name was Frederick. So she used that one. So I know that, you know, Christian name is... The British more common term for first names. Mm-hmm. Yes. What about people who are like Jewish? What 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 what, what do they call first names? No, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Given name is another um, yeah way of phrasing that that people use. I don't know if that's a specifically regional one or not. I know some traditions like 
Catholics have saints' names that you get, so maybe Jewish as, as a middle have, name have a thing for that too. I don't know, but yeah, I don't know enough about um, Jewish cultural traditions to know if they have a term for it themselves. Mm. Everything I know about Judaism is the stuff that we stole and kept for Christianity. So, <laughs> Since we at Pufwa have access to Julia, our resident Jew, I sent her a message and asked her this question. She said that she would use legal name, but Christian name or given name also work. So, thanks, Julia. Well, those were sweet. Little, mm-hmm. I enjoyed them. Little yeah. podcasts. Take us long, but <laughs> well, once we got the hang of things, it didn't. Yeah. The actual stories didn't take us long, which is no. okay. Yep, but yes, I assume there was an intro at some point before I showed up. And yes, we talked uh, about yeah, the author's tried. name and things. Yes, we did. And yeah. okay. we said that you had just shown up and that you may be joining us later, and that Trisha was off playing lacrosse. Aha, yes. Well, I don't think Trisha was playing lacrosse, probably her son, but. She was at a lacrosse game, so. Mm-hmm. And Morgan says she's been at this since 2001, and I'm still not bored. They are British 30-something with a weakness for snarky, repressed characters and excessive quantities of angst, a frequent lurker, and occasional writer. Which seems very true, given that the last thing posted was 2004, but that uh, profile itself has been updated in 2010. Mm-hmm. So. Ha. <laughs> Where she changed her name, because under some of the things, she goes also by honesty, I think, is what it said. Yes. Yes, the honesty fix are much more Lord of the Rings focused. There's a Uh, couple of other Harry Potter ones and a Pirates of the Caribbean, several Pirates of the Caribbean. Ah, that goes well with the story I'm reading right now. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. The profile for that one says, I am Morrigan's inner slasher. So, apparently that's when's, where the slash bit goes. When's the next Pirates coming out? Soon. I've seen previews. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Long know previews. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I've seen the preview for the new uh, Star Wars, too. We, I don't know. I guess, should we say goodnight to everybody? Yeah, or do we have clo- other things we wanted to right, talk about? Why don't you close it out and I'll shut it down. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed our delayed coverage of those two Nice short little fix. Um, it's sometimes fun to do a shorter thing as opposed to our mm-hmm. usual, you know, hour and a half worth of stuff. Uh, <laughs> I'm assuming we'll end up with less than that, given that Sue will probably cut some of the amazing troubles that we had oh, yes. joining this whole thing. But, you know, <laughs> there was probably enough of it that you know what I'm talking about, and it's funny. Um, <laughs> there you go. Anyhow, uh, hope you enjoyed our coverage. We will post up on our Facebook group, Poufwa, P-O-U-F-W-A, whenever the next one is released, or you can find it on your iTunes or whatever podcast catcher you use to get this in the first place. And then our next story, I believe we're going into another long one. Uh, yes, it's going to be our Becoming last one. Neville, our last oh, wow. one of the, season, of the season, but it will be a number of episodes long. So mm-hmm. still have us around for a while. And But if you liked our rambling and enjoyed the story. Hopefully you have gone and read them and uh, we will have more for you relatively soon. If you enjoy 
off-topic ramblings and things more than you like the story, you might like Point of View Weekly, which is our other podcast. We haven't been putting those out as much lately, but they come out a little bit sooner after we do them. So by the time you're listening to this, we may have put up some more. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But you can find all of these at their own websites, potterpickweekly.com and pointofviewweekly.com or... As I said, we will post up on the Facebook. We also have a forum at potterpickforum.com where you can come and chat with us and post about Harry Potter things or other fandoms you're interested in and all sorts of other stuff. It's fairly quiet over there. Not a lot of people do forum things as much these days, but we're still around. We still have some games you can play and other things like that. So if that's your thing, come on by. Come join us. Yeah, you can get Sue to give you an interesting story sorting story when you choose your house and such. There you go. Mm -hmm. It's always fun to sort somebody new. I need to go find mine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. Yeah. And I think that'll do it for this episode of Potterfic Weekly. So, uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good night, everybody, depending on when you're listening to this. Night! So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.